This is Rugger Matrix, episode 186, Green Machine. Hello and welcome to the world's most quoted rugby podcast. And yes, this week it's all about Ireland winning the Six Nations and their defence coach guru, Les Kiss, gives us plenty of time. It's all ahead on Rugger Matrix 186. As always, Rugger Matrix is brought to you by Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits and other handheld devices. Make sure you get your cradle today. If you get caught, it could cost you big time. Strike.com.au will give you 10% off if you enter the code RuggerMatrix on checkout. So make sure you look after your driving today. Check out Strike.com.au. Rugger Matrix also brought to you by MyBean.com.au. Coffee direct from the roaster to you and they sell at roaster's prices. Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International, episode 186, and it is called Green Machine for a very good reason, because Ireland were like a machine in Six Nations 2014. I'm your host, Euro San, and this fellow over here to my left is Mark Cashman. Cash Cow, good to see you. Yes, Bronk, listen, uh, St. Patrick's Day, uh, lots of green about and uh, lots of reason to celebrate. Six Nations champions once again, great yeah, stuff. Absolutely, and you can see the guy over our shoulder and... Uh, you know, uh, really appreciate his time always, but especially on this occasion. Les Kiss, you look fantastic in that uh, Irish kit. Congratulations. Another Six Nations title for uh, the Defence Coach of Ireland. Well done, mate. Thank you, guys. Uh, look, very pleasing, obviously. Um, but it's been a tough, tough Six Nations. Um, England really, really put the pressure on to try and get those points up in their last game. And at one stage, it looked like they were going to make us have to score a scoreline or win with a scoreline to, to take the championship. But as it turned out, it just, it ended up with us just having to win. So it was a pure final. And, um, and I think it was a game that lived up to a lot of expectations, particularly France coming out and playing their best game of the tournament, which certainly made things difficult. But overall, uh, uh, very pleasing uh, uh, to pick up another Six Nations, that's for sure. Les, uh, Joe Smith, your new coach, is, uh, seems to be getting a lot more out of this group. What is it about Joe's coaching that's sort of gelled so much with uh, this particular group? And uh, I've also noticed you've got, uh, you know, the, the depth that I know you've been working on in the background over, over a number of seasons is starting to come through. Yeah, I think the... Um it's one thing having depth, I think, uh, Casho. The other thing is having depth that's very competitive and actually can push, uh, you know, the the top 15 and, and make the selections even more difficult. I think that's starting to really come through now uh, in, in a lot more positions. Uh, certainly some positions we would like to shore up a little bit more, but that's, that's about uh, the work we have to do. Um, and, you know, with, with our, our next series being... Uh, the, the Argentinian tour um, that gives us a chance to uh, look at players between now and then to put their hands up and say they want to be part of the group and, and go away on tour. So, you know, that's that's their opportunity to do that. Uh, look, Joe's come in and, and done a fantastic job. He's he's uh, uh, new to the international scene. He's, he's eight tests old now, and I think he's done a fantastic job, to tell you the truth. He's He's got a great uh, uh, you know, knowledge of the game. Um, He's got a simple approach uh, in terms of how he wants to play it, but there is a lot of demand on people getting things right at training and 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 uh, taking personal responsibility for their own their own contribution to the team. You know, some of the catch cries that we have would be about making sure whatever you do makes your teammate look better uh, and helps him out, and um, and creating that type of atmosphere and competitive edge in training is very important for us. But uh, so there's no real secrets to it, and, and if there was, which there probably is, I'm not going to tell you anyway, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's an edge about this Ireland team this year. I think you agree with me, Casho and Kissy, that uh, you know maybe came because you got a new coach. But Les, um, the players have talked about it as well. That you know you seem to you seem to be a lot more um, urgent, more aggressive. I don't know. Uh, are, we, are we sort of looking at things that aren't there? Or is this side, did you sense that, that the side was a bit more urgent this year? Yeah, I, I do think there was um, a, uh, a feeling that the players uh, felt the competitive pressure, if you want to put it that way. Uh, and with that competitive pressure, 
or that competitiveness, um, you know, comes a, a desire to be to stay part of the, the larger or the, the main group, and then to be part of the the bigger group, part of the 23, and then to be part of the you know 30, 32 man squad on a weekly basis. Um, so by virtue of of the demand that uh, you have to have your your detail right and um, and know your stuff and if you don't know it make sure you learn it and find out about it and, and get your job done or your work done so you can perform well at training now you know that all that pushes everyone to to just be that little bit better on a daily basis so um, uh, you know I think that come through in terms of uh, what people saw as our end product which is the game but a lot of those things are forged in in training um, you know that the players understanding of an attitude toward prepping well um, not only in, in, a, in terms of their physical uh, preparation, but also uh, their, their technical and tactical preparation and, and their, their mental preparation. So the, you know, the, the bringing things together in that way has taken, you know, uh, taken some time. Um, Joe, myself and, and John Plumtree have only been in together for the last nine months, but at this stage, the progression's been quite good. Uh, we. You know, we still feel there's a lot more we can do in a smarter fashion uh, in terms of the what you see in the, on game day. Uh, but they're things that we need to work on. And, and, and when we review the game, uh, we have started already and, and are going through this week and we'll finish it off this week, I'm sure we'll, we'll see a, a direction that we need to take in certain areas to make sure that we do step up and keep, and keep forging ahead because... Um, you can't sit still for long in, in in this competition or in this in the in, in Test rugby because teams will take you over before you know it and it's um, it's important that you know we're seeing what we need to improve and make sure we get the right things done that make sure we do improve in those areas. This championship, Les, uh, this last couple of weeks has all been about Brian O'Driscoll uh, finishing up. Uh, what a way to go out! Uh, uh, fantastic game. His uh, last touch in Test rugby uh, led directly to a to a try that uh, got you guys in front. Uh, and also, uh, top it all off, I, I, I think he's the only Test player who's been mentioned by a United States president in the days before <laughs> his uh, his retirement. Yeah, fascinating, isn't it? It's. Um, I'm not sure if people really really appreciate it if you're outside of Ireland um, uh, how how huge he is here uh, and and by virtue of being huge here and, and so many Irish connections around the world, he becomes a big name around the world. But in this country, he is massive. He is highly respected by uh, people of all walks of life uh, in all demographics and, and he is, you know, a hero here. And, um, and, it, and it fits him well, uh, not only because of his... Uh, his ability in rugby, but or in sport and in the sporting in the world, but he's just a good person. He's a good bloke. He's a he's, he's a great family man. Uh, he he does so much for a lot of good causes, uh, and very much wants to connect and, and stay true to the people here, and does whatever he can when he when there's open days or signing. Uh, autographs or photos just by random people coming up to him he's always very generous with that so he gives and um, and a guy that's worked as hard as he has and and tried to improve his game right to the right to his last game with us and he will continue to do so with Leinster you know he, he's got the rewards for it and he deserves it and uh, I know he's an extremely happy man to get a second Six Nations um, and a guy of his caliber deserved it and um, uh, it's it will be sad to see him out of the green jersey but uh, from my part, it's been a pleasure to be probably, you know, I think, about a part of about 50 of those tests that he's had and um, a massive achievement that he's had. It was a wonderful ending to a great career, wasn't it? And uh, I thought significant too, Les, the tweet that or the Instagram pic that he put up with the jersey hanging out for the very last time. Clearly, there was unfinished business for, for Brian O'Driscoll, wasn't there, following the Lions series? I think maybe many people in Ireland thought he was cheated out of his farewell. Uh, some people say there's no room for sentiment when it comes to those uh, occasions uh, when he wasn't picked by by uh, Warren Gatlin in the final Lions test. So this clearly meant a lot to him. It also meant a lot to people of Ireland. And I think 
there's a lot of uh, you say he's big in Ireland, but you know he I can never forget when he tore us up in 2001. Uh, yeah. In the Lion series, I was in the coach's box uh, with Rob McQueen, freaking out, <laughs> and uh, it was. Uh, and Laurie Lawrence was in there too, by the way. That was interesting. Uh, the Australian swim coach. Was that when you smashed that salad sandwich? Uh, no, that was in the second Lion series where I was caught ah. eating all these sandwiches. Uh, uh, we we're pretty nervous, <laughs> but we won that game. So and the series, of course. But I remember going way back. So. He's big. He's not as big as Les yeah. Kiss is in Queensland. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But yeah, look, but he is huge. And and look at the yeah. amount look yeah. amount of followers he's got online. And I think it's yeah. because he he looks like a normal bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, and um, uh, very humble person. And um, he just he goes about his business. But in he the doesn't right take way. any crap either. No, no, he's a, look, he's a good man. He's a, he knows what he's about, that's for sure. But, and I didn't mean to suggest that no one knew him around the world. I no, know no, that no, I'm just going to say that. Just to know, yeah, we, yeah, we were going to say yeah, How huge he is is yeah. enormous. It's, it's phenomenal. And, um, but he deserves it because he does it the right way. Um, the, the amount of uh, good wish, good well wishes he got from people all, all around the world, from you know Dan Carter right through to the President of the United States. Well, yeah, you couldn't ask... Ask for anything more amazing, I guess. Well, but, he is um, Obama. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> like uh, Obama, even yeah, like I kissy, yeah. But, he, but he, after the game, he, you know, he, he was very. You could see he was so grateful for what he had, he, he had achieved this this time around, but also through his career and the and the amount of players that he had done it with, and and the coaches he's worked with. He was, he, he's very generous with his um with his recognition of all that. So uh, you're right, he's he's. He's one of us. He's a good bloke, and um, well, some people say I'm a good bloke, and, and you, Bronk, <laughs> you, Cashco, you always a good bloke. But uh, the the fact is, he is uh, someone that relates that people can relate to quite easily, and um, that makes him special. Let's t- take us down to the dressing rooms after the game. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, a lot of celebrations down there, a lot of hugs, uh, maybe even a few tears. Was it was it all in directed in and around um, in and around Brian? Well, it's interesting. The previous week when we played uh, Italy, um, we there was a massive home game, obviously, and, and Brian's last test at home. Uh, and that was a massive occasion. You know, he, he walked out to the ground with Sadie, his daughter, um, just on one years old, out into the middle of the pitch at the end. And, and I'd I'd say only 100 or 200 people would have left the stadium at most. The stadium was absolutely full at the end of that, like 10 minutes after the game, and you, you wouldn't have seen much like it. But um, So he'd had a lot of emotional energy in that week, um, and there's been a lot said over the last six weeks about Brian's impending last time with the Irish jersey on. So it wasn't all bottled into one game, uh, Casho. It sort of it sort of evolved over this campaign. People knew it was coming, but um, uh, the last week leading into the French match, you know, a few things said here and there around the press, but to tell you the truth, very little said during the week. Um, Brian doesn't like it like that. Um, he likes to just get on with business, but you know, it, a few things were said just before the match, uh, and about that amazing situation that we were going to see the last time him in a jersey of, uh, of, of Irish colours. Uh, so there was a lot of emotion around it. The dressing room afterwards, uh, there was more joy than anything at that stage, I think, Casho, and um, I'm sure in his quiet moments he, he, he may have shed a tear, but he, he didn't shed them openly in the dressing room. It was, it was more about just enjoying and sharing the experience with his teammates. He, he's always reluctant to bring it back to him, but he also is, you know, wise enough to understand there's going to be a lot said about what he's achieved. And um, even the after-match dinner, uh, the French were very, very generous in terms of their praise and awarding him with a, with a, um, a you know, presenting him with a, a French icon, which is the cockerel, um, and it was quite funny. But <laughs> most of the speeches that night were all centred around Brian's, um, you know, last match. Uh, but it was also in the backdrop of a of a victory that you know he, he was very proud of, um, and also a victory. Uh, you know, I think another five other players uh, actually had their 
Six Nations, and um, there was a, a host of new guys who who won their their first you know trophy with Ireland. So there was a special occasion all around, and and Brian wanted to make sure he shared their joy as well instead of making it only about himself. And that's just a measure of the man, really. Yeah, he's a terrific guy, and I think uh, the world game will be poorer with his uh, departing. Uh, but life has to go on, Les, and uh, I think um, the good thing about Ireland is uh, I was saying on uh, radio the other day that although everyone look out for World Cup next year because I think you guys are building nicely. If you can continue this uh, upward swing, it'll be a mighty four Six Nations then into the World Cup in 2015. Uh, I think the thing I like about the play is that you are now uh, breaking the shackles and you've got the the bot the bot the the fitness and the ability to play a game that's high tempo, the changer when you need to. I mean, you slugged it out with France the other day, but you destroyed Italy. I mean, those sorts of things, and you destroyed Wales. You're you've got a, a the capability of a top four or five team now that which I think um, it, it puts you in a good position heading into England next year. Uh, yeah, and. A lot of people will be talking about those things, uh, Bronk, for sure, uh, because they will talk about every international team in terms of their prospects going into the World Cup. And and one thing we have learned is that current form doesn't doesn't guarantee future form. You know, there's a lot of other things that must be done to ensure that you step in the right direction. And and, and to tell you the truth, that's our focus. Um, uh, we're not we're not long term focused. We're very short-term focused and, and making sure we get the job done in front of us well because we know that if we do that we can tap into those uh, situations that you just talked about um, being able to turn up in big games and and play a high tempo game and 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 uh, come up against more physical teams because most teams are bigger than us but also but to be able to play smart enough to handle that and and still forge a good game or a performance to, to try and get a win out of so for us, it's uh, it's important we don't think too far ahead, but we we do know that we're trying to build a game and and a style of game and and, and a variation in our style of game uh, that can meet any challenge, and that's that's our challenge going forward. And uh, you know, as I said, we're short-term focus. We're going to do a good review of this game this week and over the next fortnight, or even by the end of this week, we'll have reviewed the Six Nations and given feedback to the players and then let them get back to their business in their provinces and, and come together later in the year when we go to Argentina. But, but I, you know, that's the way we're talking about it from a coaching point of view and, and, and that's where we'd like most of the conversations to be. But we do understand that there will be a lot of questions about you know, next year's Six Nations and, and the World Cup coming up and uh, uh, we just got to keep our head down and do our job, mate. Liz, uh, Liz uh, always, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the mental blocks, I suppose, one of the, the performance blocks with, the, with Ireland has been against Southern Hemisphere teams. Do you feel as though they're, they're more capable of, uh, of, of coping with uh, uh, what Southern Hemisphere uh, teams uh, throw your way? Um, yeah, look, I, I, I think I've beaten the spring. Well, since I've been here, we've, we've beaten the Springboks. We feel we, we feel we can beat them. They beat us last time. I think we drew with them once. Um, Australia, we've beaten twice. They beat us well last time. We've you know, also drawn with Australia. Uh, the ABs, we we came to with to within a whisker of getting that one, but we do know that's still a, a hurdle we need to overcome. Argentina, um, I know it's, it's not a superpower or a big power in the Southern Hemisphere, but we. You know, last time we played them, we beat them well. Um, so, you know, I think there are gradual improvements there, but I think it's about making sure you can actually um, deliver and deliver when you need to. And uh, we get a chance to play South Africa and Australia uh, in the Guinness Series in November. Uh, so that'll that'll give us another a chance to, you know, to, to to see how we're going against those big nations down down south. And I. And I don't think it's just them as uh, Casho. It's, it's about the Englands, the the Welsh, and, and the French in particular, who do have um, big big teams. And by big teams, I don't just mean there are there are you know big playing numbers and big nations in terms of rugby. But the the specimens they have in each of their positions are are huge and they're, they're massive. And and we're generally you know 
outsized uh, against most teams we play, and uh, which makes it even more phenomenal some of the success that these guys have had recently in the Six Nations to be playing against you know guys that are you know sometimes up to a stone heavier, um, and to still come up with great defence and 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 good footwork and great attack and good set piece to be able to handle that and still uh, stay in games the way we have and then and win them has been you know they're a special group of players, so. A challenge is always to be able to come up and meet those things, and um, that's what we're trying to do: is make sure that we can do that against all the big teams, mate. It was incredibly uh, tough, though. The uh, Six Nations, wasn't it? I mean, it was yeah. in doubt right until the end. I mean, because of the enormous firepower you showed early on, you had a very good uh, differential f- points for and against, uh, but. And it meant that you just had to beat France in the end. Well, I mean, just. I mean, how hard is that? <laughs> because you never know what well, you're going to do. Well, we haven't beaten them there. We've beaten them once in 42 yeah. years or something, and um, or 26 years, something like that anyway. But it it was never going to be easy. I've been there three. I've been lost there twice, drawn mm. once. Um, the last time we played them at home, we drew. Um, I've been close. We beat them in the first year I was here, but that was home in the Grand Slam. But... You don't beat France easily, particularly at home. I think in the la- in in the last three or four, three six nations or four six nations, they've lost three times there mm. at home. You know, I mean, it's 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 a tough place to win. So you know, that, that's that's a first, you know, for this current group of players and in my time here anyway. So it's it was always going to be tough. But I think in terms of the six nations, the first two matches for us was crucial in terms of of um, of getting a good for and against. Uh, we started to you know stretch the, the the distance there and put pressure on the other teams in terms of the of the competition board and understanding that it could become important at the end of the competition. You know, we the loss to England was only three points, so there wasn't much give there. And um, you know, the the number we did on Italy um, to push our for and against out it, it gave us a buffer, but it put the pressure on other teams to actually try and do something and, um, and fair play to England. I think they've improved out of sight under Lancaster mm-hmm. and, you know, they certainly pushed it all the way, as I said earlier, but um, we just couldn't quite nail it in the end, um, yielding a try against Italy, uh, sort of brought it back and it, and it gave us the opportunity that we were looking for and that was just to win the last game. Um, obviously, if we'd, we'd beaten England earlier, uh, it could have been a different equation at the back end of the, the season, whether we had to win... Uh, or we could lose and still win the championship. All those things could, were possibilities, but as it was, we, we had to win the last one. And um, yeah, it, I hadn't done it before, and a lot of players, all by one, that was Brian O'Driscoll, hadn't done it before uh, in France. So it was nice nice to get a victory in that manner, and also in the manner that they played. They were. I've just I've watched over the game three times now, and and they did play very well. They pushed us all the way, and um, the fair play to our guys, we we stood up and. And, and kept turning up and aiming up and, and, and got the money. Les, the, uh, the club landscape's changed a bit in, uh, in Europe in, in recent days. Uh, uh, resolution, I believe, is just around the corner for regarding Heineken Cup and European Cup. Uh, how has that left, uh, left Ireland and, and, and you know, their preparations to, uh, to play Six Nations uh, and ultimately Rugby World Cup next year? Look, I think it's um, a fairly crucial uh, part of the competition in the Northern Hemisphere here, particularly the, all the home nations, France, Italy, uh, to, to have a, a flourishing European Cup. Uh, you know, we've been through this in Australia a few times with, the, you know, with cricket and you know, the, Super, the Super League war in Rugby League. Um, you know, these things can damage the game and, and, and hijack it for, you know, a couple of seasons before it does get back on track fully. We've seen that before, guys. And But it seems like there's been a lot of good work that's been done underground um, or behind closed doors with, with key, you know, key decision makers to, to pull this together. And, and the word is on the street that uh, that some resolution has been found in certain things. Uh, and maybe a couple little areas to get over, maybe maybe to do with the the the, the key broadcasters, but they seem to be you know, coming to the table and trying to find some ground that they can all win. And if they can find a win-win solution, and that's going to be great because for not only for ourselves but also for all the nations here, 
to have a good Eurprint Cup does help our preparation uh, going into the into test matches uh, and and the Six Nations. It helps the Six Nations. So overall, it'd be nice to see something fully announced very shortly to ensure that. Uh, the confidence in our game stays at the level that it has is, and um, we can have a really good European Cup next year, whatever guys it's in, and that can lead into a good Six Nations and leads into a World Cup here in the Northern Hemisphere because the last thing you'd want is a, a World Cup in England uh, and a lot of turmoil in the domestic game. Um, that, that would be terrible. So it, it does sound like it's going to be sorted out, which is fantastic. Liz, uh we certainly do hope that gets sorted out. But when you look at uh, uh, what you've achieved with this group of players, Brian O'Driscoll moves on to greater and greener pastures. But when you look ahead, what was the message from the coaching staff to this group of players heading forward? Uh, the key message, I, you know, which is it's not only a spoken word, it's been a day-in, day-out message, is that... Um, uh, you know, your work, how do you put this? I guess more than anything, every day matters, you know, in your prep. Uh, what you do on a daily basis becomes your habits and, and if you're working smart and you're doing the right things, uh, listening to the right people, uh, getting the right feedback, working on the right things in your game to improve, um, making sure your strengths stay strong and improve, um, you know, the good parts of your game. Uh, that you, particularly from the national coach's perspective, that you are doing the right thing in your province on a daily basis are all things that matter. Um, and so it's 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 their duty to go back from from the international scene and and, and add value to the provinces and and con- and continue to perform well and develop because um, uh, it won't stay still for anyone. Um, Joe's very very driven to make sure he, he picks players on form, not only in, in games, but also in training and in, in terms of how they add to the environment uh, in a positive way. So uh, they know the challenge and it's not just something you say in one meeting, it's it's a it's an ongoing uh, understanding, that's for sure. And uh, and I, I guess a lot of the nations, international uh, teams in the world would have a similar approach to that. But um, for us, it's important we have a small pool of players uh, as I said earlier, we're not the biggest uh, and most powerful athletes uh, in world rugby, but we have a great uh, S&C system here, strength and conditioning system here. We have a great strength and conditioning coach that works with us and Jason Cowman, and that keeps us in a good place. And we, we also have a, a, fairy, uh, a fairly uh, robust player management system that does look after the welfare of the players. And, and if all those things can meet in the right place and people are... Uh, in all parts of, our, of the game are doing the right thing to add to that, then, then, it, then it can it keep us in a very competitive place. But, you know, if that falls off the edge in any area, you can go backwards quickly. So, you know, we, we, we're not going to rest on our laurels, that's for sure. Succession planning, Les, is an important part of any business. This is, this is business we're, uh, we're dealing with here. Uh, who steps up into that 13 jersey from, uh, from here on in? Yeah, look, it's a question that's been asked uh, for for a while now, and uh, because over the last year or two, it's been known that it, Drico was coming to the end. Um, but there's a, a number of names there, and I I know Joe uh, has been looking closely at at them all for you know ever since he came into the job, really nine months ago. It hasn't been something that suddenly is now. You know, here we go. Let's look at a player. And we had a we had a press conference today, and uh, and Joe said exactly that. It's a, a, a process that's been ongoing. Now we've had Darren Kay from Ulster. In with us, he plays regularly 13 for Ulster. Robbie Henshaw is a good young kid who plays 13 and 15 with Connett. Uh, you know, Fergus McFadden we know has played there before. Luke Fitz is a Fitzgerald is another guy who, who has played a little bit there for us in the centres. Um, Jared Payne is another name that's been mentioned. Uh, a, a very good player who's with Ulster, but um, he, he doesn't qualify for Ireland until uh, November next year. Um, but he's, he's a quality player, so. He'll be in the mix, and um, we're very open. We're very flexible in our thinking, and um, you know the people are doing the right things. And, and, and in terms of what we expect of them, uh, they'll get a shot at it. So there's a few people putting their hand up, and um, you know that's the, I guess whatever comes out at the end of it all is is 
it will be about who puts the hand up and, and, and does the job in the day, and that's what it's about for us. And because uh, they're big shoes to fill, um, again, as Joe said, it's, they're not shoes you can fill easily, and and people won't fit that same shoe, that's for sure. But someone has to come and, and bring their own skill sets, and and uh, and we'll work around what what he does bring, and uh, and that's that's our challenge for now. And your challenge is to continue, I think, uh, to inspire young kids to play the game in Ireland. And I think the way you're playing is truly inspirational. And, you know, I see there's a lot of, I like about um, your approach. But um, uh, can I go back to maybe that, that de- agonising defeat to the All Blacks? Was that a good thing in the end for you guys? No, it's never a good thing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what be... I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. In the previous week against Australia, again, you know, Joe's spoken in depth about it here in, in, in Ireland to, to the local media. Uh, it's sort of a thing we have put to bed in a way that the November series, we it was our, we were in our infancy as a coaching group, as a playing group with uh, Joe as our new leader and um, and working each other out in terms of what was expected. And um, we weren't quite on top of everything then, but the one thing that we did realize is that we you know it, it, it's a player has to prepare themselves well and, and, and bring the right attitude and in terms of their technical preparation and their tactical preparation but also their their their, their meaning and, and and physicality to each game and and we know that it's always there we just had to make sure we we, we cleared the cobwebs out of the out of the system early and understood what what it was expected all around and um, I think each game, as individuals and collectively, uh, we've grown, and um, and part of growing means you have some pain, and um, and it was painful to lose to Australia, I tell you, being an Aussie, um, but it was also very painful to lose to New Zealand in the way we did, and um, to not get a reward and and, and write history, really. Um, you know, the England Test also a massively big game, a massive. It was a great Test match, really, one of the best ones I've been involved in, and. And a three-point margin. So, you know, those are things you need to learn from. And I think we are taking a little bit of from each of those experiences. And um, I'd like to think, and I think we all do, like to think that, that the French result um, was a result of taking some learning from those games. So, you know, there's nothing complete yet. Um, it's very pleasing. We're, we're very happy that we've we've been able to nail a championship and win the Six Nations. Um, it, it is it is a big deal. It is massive, and um, we know that. But we also know that it's um, it it won't guarantee us anything tomorrow in the big competition. So we 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 have to keep our head down and, and, and keep looking to improve where we need to in 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 all all areas of our rugby. So that those those any game that you lose, you've got to take lessons from them. But you also take good lessons from winning and. Um, uh, and hopefully we can take some good lessons from the result we got from France as well. Liz, you're, you're a, a great student of the game. What um, and and there are trends uh, happening Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere. What are you seeing out of the Southern Hemisphere? But uh, I'm um, I'm of the opinion that uh, the Northern Hemisphere teams at this point in time are actually the the the, the trendsetters in in the way the game's played, particularly on these new new laws. The scrummaging laws and also the uh, the things in and around the breakdown. Yeah, look, I think the breakdown. Um, well, first the scrum. I think the scrum is is still a, the way it's the, the laws have shifted and and more recently it's gone, you know, uh, to a new set of rules. Even with the scrum scrum feed just recently changing, um, it's it's a vital component of the game still and. And I think you'd like to think that the way that the rules have changed, it makes it easier for referees to understand what's going on and make better decisions. Um, we certainly like better decisions more often, that's for sure. But um, you take the good with the bad at times, and hopefully through regular feedback to the referees, they they understand what is what is legal and not legal and not legal. So um, those processes will always still still be ongoing. But um, you know, I, I do think. Uh, the breakdown is still key in the in the game on, on both sides of the game. By that I mean in attack and defence, uh, being technically proficient and accurate in that area is is is, 
is, is going to be a big difference because you can get blown off the park pretty easily if you're not good then. I think referees are getting better at understanding um, uh, you know, the, the nature of the breakdown and, and what uh, is is allowed and isn't allowed really or who is cheating or, or not cheating if you want to call it that. So I think that's becoming a real vital element of the game because quick ball, as we know, is good ball and, and most teams can um, uh, can make can make it life difficult if you've got slow ball because defences are getting better and better in that respect. But but the game is quickening up and, and I think defences are becoming under more and more stress. Therefore, I think the breakdown and attack in particular is becoming will become a real important part of the game going forward. I think the other area I think, uh, Casho, that that we might find becomes even more important because from a defensive perspective, it's, it's hard to defend is the, is the more. And, uh, and if you can construct good more, um, I think you'll be, you, you add a, another form of firepower to what you can throw at a team and um, it, 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 can, it can hurt you. Um, and some of the big teams here are, are, are putting that together, that's for sure. So staying in front of the curve there is important as well, I think. Um, uh, but, I, but looking at some of the Super 15 games, the speed of ball that they're still generating at the breakdown is critical for them. And, um, and if, you, if you're going to compete against the, the, the big teams, you you've got to have a good, smart approach to the breakdown from a defence perspective, but also from an attacking perspective. It's still critical to 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 what you want to do in a game, that's for sure. But there's still room for your number sevens, isn't there? I mean, Michael Hooper Absolutely. Has, has shown yeah. that in def- defence can very quickly turn into attack while winning the ball. Yeah, look, that's why I think it's, you know, the, the, the technique, the accuracy of your technique and... Um, and uh, Particularly by your key guys, but I think across the park that you know the worst thing is when you get the player who's not used to the to the physical physics of a breakdown can easily come off their feet, fall on the wrong side. You know, getting those guys understanding the nature of the breakdown um, uh, in a better fashion and, and understand the law there themselves as players, but and, and to put themselves in a place that they don't show a bad picture, the referee has become more and more important and, and you need proficient, good thinkers uh, right across your park. So, you know, it's it's becoming less and less acceptable for, you know, front rowers and tight fives to just fall on the wrong side or go off their feet easy and, and have poor technique and come in from the side. They've got to have foot, good footwork. They've got to be able to work and get square in the gate if they're going to enter the breakdown or have a good decision not to enter breakdown when it's a lost cause. So... You know the the elements and the decision making around that area are becoming, um, you know, you know, quite uh, quite important because they, they they can determine where you end up in the pitch and if you're on your own trial on a lot, you, you're going to concede more points. That's for sure. Well, that's absolutely right. In fact, uh, while you were heading towards Six Nations glory, Kissy, the Brumbies and the Waratahs, a clash you used to look forward to, Massive. were absolutely mm. giving it to each other. There's a bit of bad blood out of the Wallaby Tour, which is a bit of a side argument. But, uh, yeah, they were yeah. physically destroying each other. And the Brumbies, I've got to say, out-coached uh, and uh, out-thought the Waratahs on the night. There's no doubt about that. And in defence, Kissy, I don't know if you had a chance to see any of the game, but Pat McKay was outstanding in midfield, and they clearly targeted oh, with their aggressive defence, Curtly Beale, and smashed him out of the game, and that took that other leverage they have uh, as that uh, extra playmaker out of the game and really just just disjointed the New South Wales attack to such an extent that they uh, ended up losing the game. Well, I haven't seen the game yet, but I did hear it was a ferocious affair. Mm. Uh, and but it was a good. I it was a really good. It wasn't a, one of those boring ones. It was a really yeah, great contest. Yeah. And this is kudos to the Waratahs, Kissy. They still came to play. Yeah. The ball in the hand by the forwards, just amazing. They've really come along. Come along with their skill. It's the best I've seen. Oh, good. Oh, well, that's. I'm glad you told me that because I, I I'll, I'll download that game tonight actually because uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, because they were great affairs in the past, and, and it seems like there's it's another great affair that they've had um, uh, down. At, I don't think it was down at Brumbyland, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. yeah. But um, I did see uh, some high, some score lines there at one stage uh, that, that the Waratahs were down two tries to nil, mm-hmm. uh, but they did come back, and and which proves that um, 
they must be doing something right. And Izzy got to try again. Mm. Uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> but, uh, but well, they the needed Bumby... to use him more, Les, and I think the disruption yeah, yeah. with Beal didn't help. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me from what you're saying there because um, yeah, it's not as easy to just say, here's the board, you know, do your stuff. You've got to be able to create the space for them. And it sounds like from what you're saying, the Brumbies uh, had, a, had a good um, defensive structure in terms of putting pressure around that critical area that, that didn't allow that ball to get to Izzy as much as he would have liked to in the space that he would prefer. But I will, I will download that game because uh, obviously it's, it's something we all watch as much as we can when it's thrown, it's thrown up on telly here. Um, and we do get quite a few games uh, to keep an eye on the trends on down, down south um, because uh, the other thing I think is happening in world rugby that the referees from each, each major competition are, are trying to forge uh, you know, more consistency between the, the this hemispheres in some respects. I know the different conditions and, and different styles do affect that sometimes, but keeping your eye on those sort of things and how the ref games are refed and how games do happen in the Southern Hemisphere is important for us. So it sounds like that would be a good one to watch. Um, uh, sad to see the, the Tars go down, but um, it's also it's also uh, good to see good games of rugby, so I'll definitely get that one and watch it. Yeah, the, the coaching, Les, was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, was, uh, was very good from the, the Brumbies' point of view. Best lot... yet, Kasha. That was the best by the Brumbies' coaching staff. In terms of game plan and execution. And uh, Laurie Fisher's uh, influence on that side was evident there. And uh, I think he took a uh, uh, something out of the Munster playbook there, is uh, throw yourself into that, uh, into that breakdown early, get your nose in front, and then just keep on going. Just keep working hard. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, look, Laurie's... Um... He was here for a couple of years, and you could see he had a heavy influence, positive influence in the players here. And, and he also would have taken a lot from from that style of rugby they did play. And it is that exactly that cachet. Um, you know, you put the right pressure in the right area, and and have a, a work ethos that's uh, second to none. And and you can shut a, a, a talented team out, and they and they managed to do that a lot. Uh, here over the last decade or so. So um, he would have taken a lot back from that. Uh, Laurie's a you know, very good coach. I've worked with them with the Australia A team. Uh, I've obviously saw him working here, and um, he visited here about a year ago as well. And we caught up, and he's a he's a great student of the game, and he, and uh, he's doing a great job there. And obviously with Steve Larkham, obviously is, he must be doing a good job. So um, you know, it's exciting to see um, young guys like Steve come through as well, and 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 to have someone like Laurie working with him is only a plus. Les, uh, also, just uh, just before Giro uh, chops in here, uh, 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 Gordon Darcy had his beard shaved off. I was, uh, I was just wondering where all the hair is. Perhaps he could send it over here to Maroubra and we could put it on top of the Bronx melon. Oh, dear, dear. <laughs> Careful, Kissy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, listen, Careful. <laughs> because there was a lot but, of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it would have been a huge afro that you would have had in, in there. Maybe. And it was red. It was a lot of it. Well, I had the long yeah. hair in the yeah, 70s, have, Kissy. Yeah. But it was funny. He, um, uh, the initial shave on the bus on the way back from uh, the dinner to the to the hotel at France, they, they, they shaved it down here. So he had these big chops. He, he looked, looked, looked a little bit like Wolverine. Oh. You know, that sort of image. The Irish Wolverine. And, uh, and, then, and then that after the drinks that night before we hopped in the plane to go to... Uh, Go back to Dublin. Uh, he'd taken the whole lot off, and uh, uh, he looked—he looked years younger. Um, but uh, yeah, that was—it was quite interesting. He's been growing it for a while. I, used to, I was starting to call him Ned Kelly. He looked looked a little bit like him, but he—he uh, he had a good Six Nations, Dars, and um, uh, he, he's been very good for us. So uh, uh, he had every right to shave it off and even shave his head if he wanted to and look like Bronk. <laughs> if you wanted to look hard, yeah. Yeah, a great fellow. Obviously, <laughs> an early guest on uh, Rugger Matrix International. Yeah, we're just that's audio true. only. Les, uh, just one one last question. I just wanted to say, what can you sum up the bus trip, the emotions after it for you personally, Les? I mean, you're an Aussie in Ireland, and you've been there for a few years now, and you've had massive highs before with a Grand Slam, but some big lows as well. And I know that um, that uh, you know transplant, you know transplanting of family over there as well is also also a big deal and you've seen Sophie grow up into a young woman as well and 
you know, it's 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 just it's been a big ride for you, mate. So in twenty fourteen, how do you sum it all up? Yeah, look, it's it's been a massive ride, really. But um, over the, the six years now, I've been here, guys. It's um, uh, you know, the first year the 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 Grand Slam was fantastic, but um. In between there and now, we've had some great moments. The World Cup, the Aussie game, uh, but then to bow out against Wales like we did, you know, we've we've had some massive moments, and but we haven't we hadn't won a trophy since. And and uh, to tell you the truth, my priority before the game, in terms of who I wanted to win it for, most of all was was uh, was for Sophie and Lachlan and and, and my wife Julie, because they'd been through a lot with me over here for the last three or four years when when we. With with things weren't going as well as you would have liked, it it wasn't wasn't through lack of effort and, and trying to get it right, but because um, we had some good people involved in in the team, but um, it was, to win it for them was was important because they they love they love their time here and they they've got behind the Irish team and and to and to win something that they could enjoy as much as me was um, great, but also to be working with a, a wonderful group of players. With six other six players, they've won it twice now, and a new group have come in and won it. And obviously, for Joe and and John Plumtree, two new coaches have joined the fold. It was great to win it for them as well. But but personally, I, it was a you know just a, a real uh, pleasure in being able to, to to see my family and and give them a hug and a kiss and see the joy in their face. It was it was it was wonderful. And uh, sitting on the bus with my earphones on. Listening to a bit of Daft Punk and 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 and, and, and sucking it all in was certainly a nice feeling before we headed back for our, our final drinks at the at the hotel in um, in Paris. Uh, so overall, it's very pleasing. But I'm you know, so I'm also very you know, feel do very feel very privileged to be part of a good group of people and, and working with Joe and, and Plum and 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 also previously working with Declan and Gerd and Co. Though you know, I've had some great experiences here, but to to win it a second time is. It's certainly special, I must say. And it's wonderful how Ireland's accepted you as one of your, their own and, and in a way, uh, the rugger matrix as well because uh, it's uh, it's always huge every time you're on Les and there's a lot, a lot of excitement when I got through to you and said that you were going to be on this week. So uh, it's it's a pleasure to have you on, mate. And, and I, I've got to say again, absolutely appreciate you making your time available to us um, because... You know, you, you're promoting the game, and it's great access to the island team. And you know, we're we're all we're always rooting for you, as Barack Obama would have said. And uh, Okissi, <laughs> you just got to get back on the Twitter though. I think your last post was about two years ago. Yeah. Oh, the, the boys in the team were trying to coax me back into getting going on it. So um, we'll see where it goes. We'll overtake uh, Bod within a few weeks. <laughs> Yeah, that that would be amazing. The the amount of followers he has, he must be in the hundreds of thousands. That boy, but but look, overall, it's um it's it's great to always get a chat when we can, guys. I, I mean that, and um, I, you know, I know there's a lot of people in, who do tweet with the Rugger Matrix, uh, through the Rugger Matrix um, tweet, and appreciate there's a lot of people in Ireland who do follow the game, and um, and I tell you through Rugger Matrix and I tell you the, the support here is massive and, and it's really appreciated and um, it's nice to be on the trophy side, trophy winning side of things for once and um, I'm sure there's a lot of happy people on the island at the moment, particularly it was on St. Patrick's Day oh. weekend, you know, it's, it's just massive it was. They were so going was, past, Kissy, just inside, they were going past our office at Channel 7 because I do it on the Sunday, more, <laughs> obviously in advance yeah. and there was a uh, yeah. there was a whole group of girls stopped in one of the flatbed trucks for a while there. It was raining at the time, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was a bit of a distraction for us they, at the office on Sunday. They, uh, but I tell you, they will get out and celebrate anything, and um, <laughs> it was a massive too. And you wouldn't believe the, the in the French uh, in uh, the stadium mm. there. There must there must have been twenty thousand Irish people. Yeah. I think at least I don't know what it was, but they. They travel and they get there and 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 and, and come to support us. It's fantastic. So, um, look, as great, I said great earlier, great traveling supporters, outstanding. Yeah, yeah, great traveling support. Um, and, and there's also a lot of people who, who live around the world who will come and see us whenever we visit. So, mm. um, overall, it's fantastic. But look, it's a win, and we we, we sort of uh, suck it up now. But it's um, we, we're trying to get a job done this week so we can move on and get some planning going forward and, and that's important for us and, and important for the boys here. All right. Les Kiss, 
a very sober Les Kiss joining us tonight. Yeah, I've had to get the had to give the liver a rest, I think, guys. Yeah, so yeah we can tell because you didn't get time to do your hair. <laughs> What's wrong with me hair? You got the big, you got the cocky so, up there. I didn't tell you the start, hey? so you've had the whole show. What do you mean? You can see yourself oh, on the screen. <laughs> he's, he's been wearing That's one of those long angle. green hats. Hey, uh, 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 our best yeah. to the family too, mate. And, um, Thanks, and mate. it's great to actually give them a wrap because they have been um, absolutely fantastic. And it's been a great journey for you and the uh, Kiss family. Yeah, and it's not over yet, I hope, guys. But when are you not. coming back to visit us? Uh, don't know yet. I'll, I'll let you know. It'll be uh, great to have you here in the new things. studio. Look at this, everyone. Uh, I've so, Kasha keeps telling me it looks like it's a smick studio, so I can't wait to get there. It'll be good. Right, Everything that opens and shuts, Les. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, mate, uh, the, the, the king of the gadgets is uh, is with us here. All right, there he is. Les Kiss, thank you for joining us. Six Nations champion for 2014 Ireland. Well done with that win over France. Mark Cashman, before you go. I just wanted to mention, Bronk, uh, condolences out there to the uh, Oliver family in New Zealand. Uh, Frank Oliver, 65, died in his sleep uh, at the uh, at, at the family home just a, just a couple of days ago. So uh, uh, father of Anton and uh, the, the worker of a farm down there in uh, in the uh, in the uh, South Island of New Zealand. So uh, condolences to the uh, to the Oliver family, an all black captain and uh, a good guy. Yeah, really shocking news and. I absolutely uh, endorse that. Our condolences to the Oliver family and uh, a very sad news indeed. All right, kiss you over my shoulder. Thank you again once again, mate. And Mark Cashman, uh, thanks for those kind words. And uh, we will see you again uh, next week. Uh, We've got a really great show coming up in a couple of weeks' time. I can't wait for that one. It is a multimedia epic. Uh, So that is it. The end of episode 186, our Six Nations wrap-up with a bit of Super Rugby in it. We'll be back into Super Rugby next week. We'll give Les Kiss a break and we'll chime in with him a bit later on when they head down south uh, on their uh, Southern Hemisphere tour of Argentina. Uh, that is it for the program. Don't forget, Rugger Matrix America, you can get that from the site and from iTunes. We're on SoundCloud now and uh, Stitcher as well. We're spreading our wings across the universe. So you can find us in a number of places, as well as video on YouTube and iTunes and other places as well. That is it for the program. Uh, Enjoy your week, and if you're celebrating in Ireland, just keep going for the rest of the year. Roll it into Six Nations next year. Until then, uh, we'll see you next week.